Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine Podcast, Conversations with Silicon Valley's Creatives. I'm Daniel Garcia, your host and the cultivator of Content Magazine, published by SV Creates. This episode of the Content Magazine Podcast is brought to you by Bonfire, a Silicon Valley digital agency building elevated websites for ambitious brands. Find out more about Bonfire at bonfire.com. Hello. Today we talk with visual storyteller and Makla Teen Tech Center studio manager and mentor, Ruben Escalante. Hey, Ruben, how you doing? This is Daniel. Hey, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for taking time to talk. I really appreciate it. And I've been looking forward to uh, talking to you just about all the stuff you've been up to and everything that's going on. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I first want to just kind of start out. Um, I was interested, like, what brought you, because you didn't grow up in San Jose. So you ended up coming to San Jose to actually to do film. And was it at San Jose State or how did you come to no, San Jose? Um, I actually moved, like, I didn't want to move here initially. Um, <laughs> my mom's first, my first stepdad, um, he's he's from San Jose. Uh, he's actually related to Steve Caballero. Okay. Um, but he moved us out here. I didn't move initially. Initially, I like graduated high school and lived with my friends for yeah. a few months. Uh, eventually, like coming and visiting, um, like months later, <laughs> I, I did. I started to see like explore San Jose and started to like it. So early, early two thousands, like two thousand two, I moved here. Just huh. um, just because that's where my family was. Really, like there was sure. no real connection to me. Like for San Jose, beyond, but that's a really big <laughs> connection is my family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so over the past, like from from t- 2002 to maybe like closer to 2010, like I was just kind of working like odd jobs. Uh, yeah. My first job outside of high school was at Great America. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, right on. I, yeah, uh, very traditional start to your like yeah, uh, work yeah. career, I think, for a lot of like teenagers. Um, Were you like doing the ride where you say, keep your hand, welcome to the yeah. <laughs> to the demon, keep your hands inside the ride at all times and all that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, I was initially, but then after like a couple weeks i became a trainer so i i was the one training the people to do all the different rides at great america um yeah so i got to also like thinking back it's kind of like more scary i guess because i would they they would be training on me so i would be going on and they're like doing everything to get to get trained (laughs) um Oh, and so if, you would you would get inside the ride. Yeah, yeah. I would be like the the test dummy. The guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. In the moment, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I just get to ride roller coasters. And then after, like years later, I'm like, oh, no. Like anything could have happened in that oh, time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a cool like introduction. And then I got to meet people like from San Jose. I think that was a big thing. Like I moved around a lot uh, my teenage years. Um so coming here, like not knowing anyone at all. So just having some friends, it, it connected me and I got to yeah. start to explore more. Um, I had it like when I first moved here, I was having to take like the light rail and the VTA places. Yeah. Um, but then I got to explore. I got to go and um, I get to Campbell and visit Rasputin. And I, I go there very often still. Yeah. Um, and then... Going to Great Mall was cool because they had the the Van Skate Park at the time. Oh yeah. Uh, so like 
they had the theater and there was like mini so that was like the place to just go and like hang out yeah. um yeah and that's the okay. kind of where i just met my friends and it wasn't until the end of that decade like 20 2010 is when i decided to to go to school for filmmaking hmm. um so that was a good like 10 years and i was well into my like adult life when i decided yeah. to do to do that um, yeah, what got you then into what started to make you think about film and um, storytelling? Yeah, so I, I mean, I had a lot of different jobs, like my early, like my late teens, early like like twenties. Um, I, I eventually started working with my dad in real estate. Um, I was still living here and like paying rent here, but I was having to go back from here to like the Central Valley. Yeah. Um, and I was making really good money, but I was just like, just bored. Like, I, like the money was cool for an initial push. Then yeah. after that, it was just like kind of empty and I was feeling empty and hmm. like I was wasting time. Um, and then I just reflected a lot about what made me happy initially. Like what was it up until that point in my life that I made, I, that I felt like happy and like, good enough to pursue and it was it was writing initially and it was wanting to to pay forward all of the like movies and music and stuff that helped me transition and like helped me find a better place um so Mm -hmm. i was wanting to pay that forward to the same like i mean to people in general i guess but more specifically when i was making those decisions it was to like positive, positively influence, like, you know, um, like teen, yeah, like uh, kids of color, you know, it, it was really yeah. them because they don't really have a lot of influences. They don't really have a lot of connection to the arts. Um, and I saw firsthand how, how significant it was in my like mental health and just like being able yeah. to find happiness. Um, so I started off writing yeah. and going for, for screen, screenwriting and being very productive there um but then also thinking too like okay well as a screenwriter your job is kind of limited to like the script um so i got into more production stuff where i had more control over the projects that i was able to produce um and just and like it 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 kind of just all started to unfold itself like in front of me mm. with the producing and directing of it and having to like act occasionally and then yeah. once all that stuff is done you learn how to edit the videos <laughs> together right. so now yeah. like you know you, you get the like the full scope of it um yeah. that's yeah, kind of but, a good thing right about you know the beginning stage is that you you know you, you kind of choose a little bit of a direction you know a path and then it's as you get into it, like you know, you have to do it yourself, and so you're learning all the different. And then you start to see, like, wait, maybe maybe I'm more. This area is more of an interest, yeah, right? Totally, and you know, going to to school for film. I mean, it it was at De Anza, and there that's a very like still, even though it's like a community college, it's a very prestigious school where, yeah, you only like you don't have to really get accepted in you could just go and immediately Mm. they give you access to all of their equipment and everything so people were coming from all all over the world to go to film school there because it was i mean for them it's more expensive for us because they have to pay more because they're out of state Uh, but for us like you know you pay 
it's a lot cheaper and you don't have to really like get your hand held and go through the process. Like if you want to start making movies, you can start right away. And, and yeah, for me, cool. that's like spending those first, like poor, like that first few years of my adult life, kind of just trying to figure out what I want to do. Um, since then it's been like, a like just like constantly like go, go, go trying to make up for time that I feel that I've, I've lost yeah. along the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it comes from a very inspired place and just wanting to make sure that like people, kids or like kids similar to me with my upbringing have yeah. like have representation or at least yeah. have and understand and know that there's connections out there for you and different like opportunities you know because that's what i learned at film school too like a lot of it is opportunities to grow but you don't know what's out there until you're actually there and present and like aware of these things yeah yeah that's cool yeah it's interesting it's interesting you know telling your story because you know a lot of people get into filmmaking storytelling and those kind of things because they have uh like a burning desire to say something or a voice and it's kind of feel I kind of feel like you are kind of like the the other side. It's not so much what you want to say, but more how you could help uh, others have an opportunity to speak and to grow. You know, to use your skill yeah. and your art form as a platform for the community rather than a platform for your own voice. Is that kind of what you kind of feel like your your like mission is and what you're doing? I think it's definitely at least like a good portion of it. Um, I think for me, it's gratifying and healing to be able to exercise a lot of the stuff that I've gone through and finding like validation at the end of these projects and support from the people around me, like all, all of the work that goes into it and all the, like, you know, there's a lot of highs and lows that come into every single project. So the the validation at the end of it to be understood that the feelings are receptive and that like already knowing because I was inspired by years of music and movies and Mm -hmm. that that connection to like things that feel very personal, like storytelling. um, I knew that that was a thing. the development of it kind of took time because when I first started and I feel like most people first start, they, they want to be cool and they want to be funny and they want to be interesting. Um, But what we don't fully understand is all that makes us interesting and cool is like very personal (laughs) things that come from ourselves. So a big portion of it is that like that validation from doing it, but Mm -hmm. also understanding the validation that it gives other people you know, um, going to De Anza and getting like, you know, no real handholding, just go out and do it. And whatever happens, happens, you know, uh, um, that approach, it's not for everybody. And I think getting into the arts that, that limits a lot of people, you know, people need some form of handholding or like, like a stronger sense of validation, um, or like given like, I guess it's just the opportunity to do it. Whereas I guess my approach to it was just like, no, like 
I have access to it. I'm, I'm not going to wait anymore. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to go on and do it. And however it happens, it happens. And I know that I'm going to learn from it. And the next time I'm going to do it better. I'm going to keep doing it better every time. Yeah. And that's a very like scary approach. <laughs> yeah, you kind of had, I guess you had developed a little bit of a, like, I guess a hunger or a, a passion or inspiration, right? That you were like, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's an approach to skateboarding. And I think that's hmm. my connection, like across like, like big picture is seeing how kind of ballsy skateboarders are, you know, sure. you're going to get hurt. You're going to fall and That's just a part of it. Yeah. And you have to understand like fear is just a part of living <laughs> you, yeah, right. and how you manage and deal with it. Um, and it very much exists like in the, in the art world, like there's so much yeah. fear to create. Yeah. You put your ideas out there, right. And for other people to look at and critique, it could be very self revealing, right? Yeah. It's a very vulnerable thing. Um, yeah. participating in the night walks for the South first Fridays, it mm-hmm. was a big opportunity to understand that more. You know, I, I yeah. would try to be collaborative with people that were coming by to have like projects going on. And so many people were so timid or like reluctant to, hmm. to be creative because they, somebody like, if it's not themselves, somebody has told them that right. they're not good enough or yeah. that like, you know, that they shouldn't do this thing that is incredibly healing for you. Yeah. Um, so my whole like validation is just like, no, like what's significant about like, it's like we're all like very special significant people and yeah. everybody is just like starving for that sense of validation um and even if you're not trying to be like put on art shows and be in galleries and stuff like it's still very like healing for people just to be creating and to yeah. have yeah. a place to like exercise like what's going on inside your brain yeah so then so then the arts were for you as in a rather young age was or was kind of like a uh, a safe place a healing place for you right what was kind of some of that um what were you exposed to as far as like the art and what was you know kind of like what you know what was the what would you say the medium that you were mm-hmm. kind of like uh looking to f- and going to to support yourself um I mean, I always loved like drawing. Um, mm. I used to make little movies without, I didn't have any cameras or any equipment, <laughs> but like with my action figures, I would just make like, you know, these like, these fight scenes and like create these stories with my toys. Um, yeah. As I like play with myself. Or that, that's not... <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> yeah, just play with the action figures. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it was just just being creative and yeah and having that like that sense of freedom of of expression that way um but when it came to writing that was a way that i was able to express things outside of myself like to other people yeah. if i was if i was having problems dealing with something or uh, like in a relationship with someone like a parent mm-hmm. i couldn't like go to them and talk to them about it i'd have to like write it 
and note and then like pass it to them and express yeah. things that way. So in elementary school, I was very like productive um, with creative writing, like writing mm. poetry. There yeah. was um, like a poetry festival every year that I would like submit stuff to and like get, get published in. Cool. And when the school would like acknowledge that all the other classmates of mine were like you know they they were questioning me and my sexuality because I'm a boy hmm. and doing this like thing that is seen as being more feminine um, right. especially where I came like coming from like the country you know yeah. there's a they in those communities at least at that time like it, it's very like, there's a very clear bold line of what's expected from like boys and what's expected from girls and yeah that was something very uncomfortable for me where i i dropped like the arts i dropped creating for like all of my middle school life um, sure because you want to most, fit in yeah, yeah yeah like and and you know working in the youth space that's something that i just always am mindful of and trying to to champion it, it's you know, in the arts, there's like standards that people feel like they have to like live up to, but it's just trying to really help everybody find their own voice or like to validate their voice yeah. and allow them to develop it. Because uh, just for myself, seeing the negative effect that it held over me, um, yeah. the yeah. last year or so in my high school life is when I just, you know, I, I met a friend who I shared a lot of like common stuff with yeah. um, and we made a, we had a band together and that's where like, I just went full out like to the opposite direction. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. would paint my nails. I'd like color and bleach my hair. And I, yeah. that's when I felt the most like, like me, like, I, okay, this is like who, who I am. This is the person that's been like, you know, itching to come out like this whole yeah. entire time. It's kind of it's kind of ironic though, right? Right to write poetry is seen like not acceptable, but if you're in a band, right? Yeah, which yeah. is basically poetry to music, right? All of a sudden, then it's like, oh wow, how cool, right? It's interesting. It, totally, like yeah. it's like it's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Like the perceptions yeah. of them. Um, yeah. So yeah, then, so, high school, you're band and uh, yeah, kind of expressing yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I was in a couple of bands and, you know, just to start like, you know, after the heart attack, it was just like, I need to change my priorities. I need to change something. And yeah. I just made a goal to myself was by 18, I just want to be happy. I just want to be like, yeah. I don't even know what that means. I just want to feel happy. And yeah. the, for those next like few years, it was pursuing that, like, like surrounding myself and absorbing things that make me happy. So it was... Um, like emo pop punk music it, it was like art films and yeah you know i just absorbed all of that stuff for for years for for so long um, yeah. and they still hold so much inspiration to me um yeah is there any particular kind of like film or song music you know you look back on and it takes you right back to that time and you and you kind of remember the healing aspect of it yeah um 
being Gemini, <laughs> people <laughs> like to say that Geminis are two-faced, but I just feel uh -huh. like there's just a wider spectrum of emotions and of interests that I have. Sure. So musically, it was Blink-182, like finding them like early on in my, in my teenage years, they would they were able to be goofy and have fun and playful which is very much a part of me mm -hmm. um, but also be able to like talk about and discuss very serious topics you know yeah. that is also something that is very significant in my life especially at those years where yeah. i felt like i was the only one going through this stuff um i remember the first movie that i watched where i was just like like what <laughs> like like yeah what what is this like um it was actually Rushmore. I remember seeing the the trailer oh. for it coming out, and I just remember laughing and like wanting to watch it, and nobody <laughs> wanting to watch it with me. <laughs> uh, so I had to like wait for it to come out on on VHS, and I just loved it. And you yeah. know, like what, like loving something so much and feeling so invested and connected to these things. Yeah. Um, but there was still a disconnect to like the, the life or like the culture or, or like the world of the film. Like hmm. we're living par like for these characters and these like these musicians, musicians, there's like, like a, almost like parallel lives happening. Like I was so hungry for that connection that hmm. that's like, I was just there for the themes and the, and, like the message and not yeah. really too concerned initially with like the representation behind it. And like, where are these right things were taking place or where these like the backdrops of these movies were were coming from yeah um so that like that was kind of probably the initial seed of like you know i would like to do something that expresses and like kind of explores and comes from a place that i'm familiar with and yeah a lot of times the places that i've come from like the central valley like rural area or even, you know, when I first moved here, I lived kind of like in between Evergreen and the east side. I lived like right across the street from, from Eastridge. Yeah. Um, and, but even still, like all the other places that I've lived before is always usually closer to the east side and how that's usually yeah. represented in the media. I'm like, I grew up there and yeah. I understand that there are like dangerous people, but that's never been my, like, that, that's not like how i have seen it and come to like love and appreciate that place yeah, totally. like coming there um there's so much color and joy and support and love from those people and th yeah. there's like so much like just people are yeah. proud yeah, yeah there, there's people yeah. that are definitely proud to come from there and there's so many people that are trying to escape it and because of the perception of it um yeah. that's where i grew up too out yeah. Over there. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah over by eastridge yeah that's cool yeah so i mean you know seeing that another inspiration like different parallels still it's um the movie friday you know friday oh, yeah. they kind yeah. of like tackle some of the the harsher realities of it but the true like you know humor and the characters and that to me that felt like the closest thing to what I firsthand saw like coming from those areas. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. in my journey, it was to figure out how, how to like blend, like, I mean, Friday isn't really seen as like an art house movie. It's very much like 
I would still I would say that it probably is because of like yeah. all the other stuff that is similar to it and how it has kind of withstood the test of time. Yeah. Um, but like movies like Rushmore with Wes Anderson, um, taking the aesthetic and the sensibilities, but having them come from the world that I'm coming from and having the characters yeah. be represented that I know and see within the characters of his films, like being able to, to express that, like that's yeah. really like what I, if I'm able to do it successfully, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. That's it. Yeah. The, the themes, right. Or, are mm-hmm. the themes of humanity are all the same, but then the different yeah. settings does either communicate it differently or hits a different audience or has a different little nuance. Yeah. So then, okay. So, um, how did you get into working with Mockle then? So you came into, you came to San Jose doing Danza, doing film. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, before we go there, even when you were at Danza, was there a project that you did that you, even to this day, you're like, oh yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. Like when you yeah. look back at those little things, yeah. Um, so <laughs> there's a a concept or an idea that I had, and I was a part of like a couple production groups, mm-hmm. uh, and I was very adamant about this project. Like I'm, I like I know this is a really good idea. It sounds weird, <laughs> but like I needed people to trust me and to like believe in what I feel like I can convey through this project and. Yeah trying to express it to people they were just like mm, no like I don't, i'm not gonna do it <laughs> so i had like no support i had like luckily uh, like a handful of people that were like you know what like you're like i like you i don't understand this but i'll help you out anyway that's cool um, yeah but the project was called awkward mail and okay. this was like maybe 2011 somewhere around there um yeah. and it, it was just like a fake commercial for like an app or website where awkward guys would call to make friends with each other, (laughs) like to find friends and support. Um, But it was modeled after the SPCA, like um, in the arms of an angel (laughs) um, ads that would come out with the dogs. So the dog, all the dogs were like, all the guys were like seen like as the perspective of of the dogs in those, those ads. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's cool. <laughs> trying that's to fun. express that then was like, uh, like what? Like what is? No, like I don't want to do that. Um, so was so, it? So it sounds cool, but was it? I mean, that could easily become comical. Was it meant to be kind of comical? Or it, yeah, it... yeah. It, it, I mean, I, it was. Um, I think that's kind of like my balance where I'm trying, to, like, because there's the two sides of me. There's the really like sad like emo person but i guess through all the hardships learning to laugh and just yeah. like you know come to terms with things so just always mm-hmm. trying to find mm-hmm. that balance so it was very much supposed to be this like funny thing but sure. at the core of it it's something that i've always had to deal with like moving around so much it was always hard for me to make friends yeah. i am i i am a very awkward person so it would be cool if this thing existed <laughs> and to, yeah, like, to make totally. friends and find people to like befriend. Um, yeah. So that, so that project, I was able to complete it like literally within a, a few hours. And at the end of the, the like school year, Deanza has a, like a film awards, uh, like showing and like ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So that project got submitted in. Um, nobody knew <laughs> what was coming. <laughs> I, that, that's probably like the most like anxious I've ever felt, like being oh, in yeah. a theater full of people knowing that they're going to watch the project. They're not sure what their perception of it is going to be if they think yeah, like, yeah, yeah. is this supposed to be serious? But immediately when it first started, just hearing all the laughter and yeah. all the applause and afterwards cool. be like congratulated for it. The people that didn't want to participate saw all of that and kind of just had to like, you know, like, we're sorry. Yeah. Like, I should have listened to Or pretend to that they were with it all along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, we're friends cool. and like, yeah. you know, we worked on stuff together. Um, yeah. That's and, cool. I mean, so, that, but yeah, so that one moment done so much, did so much for me, like yeah. being able to validate and, you know, trust my instincts for things. I mean, it's still hard to like fight yeah. and battle that, but under like going through that experience, like does a lot for me. Yeah. I mean, are you the type of person that, I mean, was, is that as far as like even in that school college setting for you to kind of step up and say, um, oh yeah, I really want to do it and kind of fight for it. Have you always had that kind of personality or was this, was really you stretching yourself at a next level? I mean, I feel like, like that whole like Gemini, like duality, it's the same thing that I had to wrestle with with my parents where my mom was always very loving and unconditional and my mm -hmm. dad was kind of the opposite of that like mm -hmm. would always question like everything that I did and at, mm -hmm. at different times like I did not appreciate that it did not sit well with me but as I got older and like matured and still trying to mature with that mm -hmm. um, it just made me question so many different things so I feel like in general, I'm a pretty, I could be a very timid person. I think mm. there are moments, like, I'm, I'm pretty quiet until there's something that I feel like I need to say, mm. or, you know, I'm usually like, uh, like 110% team player and willing to like, like follow the lead. But the moment mm. where I feel like something needs to change, like I will, I will go and like, I will say it and I will address it. And yeah. I will like, fight for like that to, to kind of happen. Um, yeah. But I mean, that one experience is probably the, the first real step as a creator, like that, that I have taken, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, yeah. and even coming back to, to Makla, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a really quiet person, like super quiet. Yeah. Uh, I use art to express a lot of that. Um, and that yeah. kind of pushes me into very like, like communal, like uh, to a lot of different communal like spaces and being engaged with like groups of people at a time. Um, but by nature, like, like I'm very like kind of distant in my head a lot. Yeah. 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 You always seems like you're somewhat, I would describe you as more of like a introvert, quiet person. Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> You know, totally. you know, which is great. I mean, everybody's <laughs> different. <laughs> so then how did you get, so how did you uh, come to Makla? How did that all transpire? Because right now, what is your, your current title? Um, I'm with... the, like, yeah, I'm a programs director. So I lead the youth space. Um, I help with the, like, Makla Studios, their, um, mm. their professional production that they're trying to, to establish and sustain. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I lead like the the youth space that we have there. So you yeah. know, from from programs to like you know planning stuff out and facilitating workshops to bringing in um, youth members and connecting with like different schools in, in our area, um, yeah. I kind of operate all that stuff. Um, yeah. But and it's anything getting... from music to photography to video, right? It's like the whole. Yeah, it's really spanning like the spectrum of just creating, really. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. How did you? Uh, so then, how did you get into that position? Like, how did you move from making initially? A film initially, to I doing... met uh, Joey. So I met oh, Joey okay. Reyes. Reyes. Uh, yeah, and. I had a movie that was premiere. Like we wanted to find a like a physical space to to show this film that me and my friends were working on. Um, <laughs> Why do you laugh? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it. I mean, a lot of the projects that I do, it still kind of they they still kind of fight, or initially they fought more with this sense of escape. So they're yeah. all very playful these adventures on different scales of just escaping, you know, reality. So this first project that I came up with, um, it was about (laughs) two friends who smoked a lot of weed and got really high. And that kind of took them into, like it teleported them into fantasy worlds where they had to befriend like villains from like fairy tale stories (laughs) and, and try to help them, and they become better people. Oh, um, really? well, yeah. Cool, <laughs> so the name of the project was the 420 Bong Boys, and uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was bold in title, yeah, um, yeah. in tone. And I just remember like contacting Mafla and like, okay, we have this project that we want to show it in the in the black box theater. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just remember here like, Joey saying like, yeah, like we had we were like we were. We were informed that this project, the 420 Bong Boys, was going to play in the Black Box Theater. <laughs> and he was like, I didn't yeah. know what to expect. Just the title alone, I was like, oh, no. Like, what are, <laughs> like who are these people going to be? Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I, like, I hit it off with him right away. And the project yeah. isn't as outlandish <laughs> as uh, it, the name might come off as. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, like I built that, or like we established that relationship, and um, there were opportunities for me to help Mokla create PSAs um, with the Santa Clara County's District Attorney's Office. Yeah. Um, so I was helping them kind of like just complete these projects. Um, there was an opening to come in to be the coordinator for the youth space. Um, I initially was like caught up in another position that I was in. Um, mm-hmm. But there was an opportunity maybe like a year later or so um, to come back in. And I was ready now to, to take a bigger, like to take a bigger role and to do something yeah. a little bit more bold. Um, and actually <laughs> tomorrow will be my four year anniversary. Oh, uh, cool. I mean, tomorrow being uh, me. Seventh, I don't know. May seventh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. won't be released until like August. So yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. So at the time of recording, tomorrow yes. <laughs> is your yeah, behind the scenes look. <laughs> yeah, that's congratulations. Cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. So then, um, okay. So it seems like even with the four twenty 
bong boys <laughs> kind of thing. So you know I mean, like this still like sounds like what you described. It's still a story of people helping other people in better or to improve themselves, which is interesting, yeah. right? And so your position now um, is kind of like the same thing. Like you're helping people find their voice, find their craft, find their their story, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's very much seems like so that's a theme in your life, huh? Yeah, you know, um, I, it's just something that I had, like, I, that I observed and, like, with my relationship with, like, my my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, like, our relationship was pretty bad at times. Um, mm-hmm. And I was spent with a lot of time to just, like, reflect and just, like, wonder, like, what... Like, why is this happening? Why is this going on? Why is this the way it is? Yeah. Um, but it took for me like understanding of like his kind of backstory, I guess. Yeah. Um, and understanding him as a person and it, it, it's tough. It's, I mean, now like I'm far more like better at it and more appreciative of our relationship and dynamic. I was talking to, to Sherry, from Anno Domini and mm-hmm. she, like into the conversation, she mentioned that I, I should thank him and I should like really appreciate my relationship with him because regardless of what it is that we went through, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for that relationship. So he opened up my eyes to, to people, you know, yeah. and a different like, um, just like to people yeah. and yeah, you know, to, to people and, why people might do things and how as a person I can be kinder to people and more understanding Mm. of people and, you know, seeing the love and support that I received from my mom and how that has affected me in my life and how I could do that for other people, understanding that that's really at the essence of like people in general, like wanting to be loved, wanting to be validated. So as much as I could do that for other people and try to like, you know, try to be persistent with that. Like in this, with my position working with youth that are very like, um, like they're, 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 they're not everywhere. But no, they're trying to find their self in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're very impressionable. Like, you yeah. know, there's so many influences that they yeah. have to pull from nowadays. And there's, like so many insecurities that you go through that people still like go through as adults, but to have somebody like look at them and listen to them and try to understand them and not scold them for thinking differently or feeling different or like whatever the outside world is telling you, like we just have to understand that like we first have to kind of like listen and validate ourselves regardless. Like that's hard. That's the hardest part to be able to validate yourself, but yeah, we, we have to be capable of doing that. Um, yeah. The other part of it, which is something that I've, I've kind of been like closeted about um, is my, is my faith. Um, mm. You know, it, it's a, it's a tough time. And be, because yeah. in the media, people like with of faith are perceived yeah. a certain way. And I fully understand that. And I validate people's perceptions in that. Yeah. Um, but as for myself, like, you know, in like speaking for myself individually, yeah. how, how I've come to terms with my faith and my approach 
to to humanity to the people in the world is is the biggest like like pull or influence from my faith and my relationship with god really um and and that's something that i don't always get to really talk about and discuss because of the first off like impression of what that might represent and and mean to a lot of people um but for me it it just is deeply rooted in love and like that unconditional love that like i have found like in in my in my faith and my walk um yeah. And and it that it's rooted there. Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, I totally understand. I mean, I'm a a Christian. I was a pastor for like 15 years too, actually. Oh, wow. So, do you know what I mean? But you know, I mean like my I would quote my faith, my spirituality, my theology even mm-hmm. shapes me doing the magazine because like I know all I can do for this world is like love them and bless them, right? So, mm-hmm. I can't determine what people are going to believe and do, but if I can give them a platform for them to be validated, then I've played my little role. So it sounds like in your spiritual journey, you're kind of doing the same thing. Like you're helping other people, which is right. That's what yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be about. Yeah, <laughs> Love and, your neighbor, right? <laughs> exactly. And to me, like that was kind of the first thing that I learned, you know, going to church. And it was the most significant thing because I had to, embrace that with my relationship with my dad like somebody that was very like like i don't like no there there aren't i don't know (laughs) our just relationship wasn't it was tough and to still be able to love him and to still be able to develop a relationship with him before he passed away Mm. is very much telling of all of the effort and work and and you know time spent just trying to heal and trying yeah. to love you know and listen um yeah 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 it's hard i mean that's the thing is like you know people who treat other people badly or whatever horribly or unjust mm-hmm. you know you, you can't there's no justification for that it's not that there's no at the same time understanding you know, I had to do that even with my dad, like understanding where he came from made me have the ability to forgive him and, you know, build restoration to the relationship. But it didn't necessarily, it didn't wipe away like the effects of it. It didn't, you know, it shaped who I am and I'm thankful for that. But if it wasn't for me being able to forgive, like it, it was holding me actually the hatred and Mm -hmm. just, I don't know what the word is, uh, disrespect that I had for him mm-hmm. was actually holding me back. So yeah, yeah it's kind of, it's like, yeah, crazy. Yeah. That Tough. was a, like a strong period of time there. And even just, you know, w- with the past, I don't know, like, like six years or so, uh, mm. like with the media, with a lot of like with social media, like specifically, cause it's such yeah. a big platform. Um, I wouldn't have been able to come to terms with my relationship with my dad if if I didn't mm. take time to listen and to try mm. to understand. And mm. I don't know if people nowadays have that urge or willingness to understand, mm. but at least that's what I'm trying to to help develop within the youth that come into our space. Like we have different yeah. backgrounds. We don't know what people, what baggage people are walking in with every day. So we can't just yeah. jump at like, you know, anything that might be said or 
how people might be acting in the space it's just okay well you know they're definitely going through something i'll try to like talk to them and see what's going on but just to be more understanding um and you know with with my my walk in in faith um i think it's been like a little like i mean well over a year now that i decided to 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 change my pronouns and to identify as being Mm non-binary and even how kind of kind of i guess conflicting that is Hmm. Uh, or as it may seem you know uh, like as a third party person to to be you know practicing faith and in my religion but then to also to be non-binary and just to completely like um understand and feel like that is still like both both can be possible you know both like they both represent me um but all of that came through art it it came through expression it came through for me asking myself like those questions about myself like who am i and like why do i do these things and what is it that makes me happy and what am i trying to express and explore and you know ultimately still like you know it's years past that 18 year old like goal of being happy like it's still Mm. something that circles my brain of like what is making me happy and am i still in pursuit of this thing and yeah defining what happiness is to me and and i feel like that is yeah what what is happiness to you what is this have you come to a definition for yourself (laughs) for myself it's I'm at my happiness, my happiest when I'm creating and when I'm collaborating with other people. And mm. if there's chance, like, or not chance, if I'm able to just bring that out in other people and create space where people mm. can, you know, not, not suppress any things that they might be dealing with or things that are going on with their life, but still mm. be able to be present while still managing what might be going on with their life. Um, yeah. you know, those are when I feel most happy, like people just existing, not, I mean, living together, <laughs> existing yeah, yeah. to me, doesn't really the right term, but just yeah, yeah, living sure. together <laughs> and understanding yeah. each other and for myself, yeah. like that's it. Yeah. That's cool. Well, it's good. I mean, so then you also have started kind of like a art collective, right? The emo mm-hmm. kids of color, right? Yeah. Um, so how did that come about and what's kind of like the goal and vision of that because i know you do shows like the outsider shows and stuff mm-hmm. yeah so yeah talk about that it, it's trying to it's noticing well I, there's it, it's a it's a long <laughs> um <laughs> initially you know being a kid and leaving the art and seeing how negatively that affected my mental health yeah um find like coming back to it and seeing how much better of a person i am because of it mm. Like I, I feel driven to connect um, like people to it in general. So working like in general, just that, that that's my pursuit is just trying to, to connect with people, like yeah. with with art, with like movies or whatever being the, the variable like you know that, that's there. Uh, with emo kids of color specifically, it was understanding that the arts are usually one of the first things that are taken, you know, Mm. from, from schools. Um, and those, those communities are, are really hard to, to grow up in. 
Um, And they make people hard and they make people suppress a lot of feelings and emotions. And and there's a lot of sadness. Like, Mm. yeah, there's celebration and there's life. And and it's like, I love those, those neighborhoods, but there's so much suppression going on. And sometimes like, and, and internally, yeah. Um, you know, there's like a suppression of like your mental health that gets passed down. It yeah. almost feels like inherited, but yeah. I just feel like it's not even them like past previous generations trying to suppress yeah. them. It's just not totally. fully understanding like mental health. It's mainly yeah. because, you know, those people had really to live to just try to survive with right. like by like you know having a place to live and making sure that their family is able to eat and yeah. they're able to pay their bills like that was to them that might have been their happiness and they weren't yeah. really listening to their their bodies and like you know their their own personal mental health and yeah. you know so with emo kids of color it was like okay this is my opportunity that i had thought about like as a kid to be able to engage with people that are very similar to me with very similar backgrounds mm-hmm. that lost the connection to the art. Um, like we're going to put on shows like, and try to engage with you and let you know how powerful this thing can be and yeah. make you feel represented in it and not make it seem like it's this place that you don't belong in. Like right. it, that's, that's always my first conscious like thing is how people kind of operate inside of like the environments that that I establish or help establish like how are they feeling in there like do they feel represented in it do they feel like they can be themselves in it and like just be vulnerable and be free of like whatever judgments or whatever that's something that I (laughs) like that's something I felt in like going downtown to it was the blank club um, yeah. they would have like new wave nights and my friends would want to go to the club and that's fun too. But like going to the blank club to new wave night, people would just go there and just dance. <laughs> like right, nobody yeah. cared how you dra- dance. Nobody cared how you dressed or whatever. Like people just went there and they just had fun. And that's when yeah. I felt like, okay, like I want to, I need to try to figure out how to recreate this environment. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, man. Yeah. To make space for people to, you know, yeah, let their guard down and just be themselves. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's cool. Hey, so now with, um, so at Makla, it's the, the teen, it's called the teen tech center. Is that what it's officially called yeah. these days? Okay. Yeah. And then there's something going on. You guys have been selected to be a part of like, uh, Best Buy something or other. What's going on with that? <laughs> yeah. So, so the long-winded like title <laughs> is the Best Buy Teen Tech Center at Mockla powered by Google. That's okay. the official. <laughs> wow. It's like Get a whole some book. more sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, there was, we were one of like a few spaces that were up for the opportunity to become a teen tech center, but they saw that, environment that has been established here mm-hmm. like they saw it there like we were definitely like hungry and in need of like renovation of new technology but yeah. they saw like the 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 essence of what the space is and the connection that totally. like the staff had with the youth members and that's what they 
bought into and wanted to support. Yeah. So we've been a team tech center for a year and a couple months now. Um, and they come and visit and they'll come in and like, they'll, they'll check in with the youth and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, last summer they visited um, during the summer when we were having our, our summer workshop series and they just loved it. They loved like how, like that environment that I've been talking about, mm-hmm. like they, they completely just like, were thrilled to be there and they talked amongst themselves and, you know, months later, um, there was the opportunity uh, for myself and a few of our youth members to be featured in a national campaign about mentorship. Um, So they came through in March and they, um, you know, they had produced the video here for like one afternoon, morning, afternoon, um, and it's up now. Um, it features myself and a couple of our youth members, specifically um, Anuk Yeah, who yeah. is a poet and a lot of people know and love. Yeah, the, she's the first Santa Clara County Youth Poet Laureate. Yeah, and very yeah. deserving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so so when they came to visit for that, um, the the producers of it check, like went to Circle A and they saw the exhibit that was up uh, yeah. with some of my art and the, um, and they read the about and that really invested them in to me as like an artist and a creator um, visual storyteller yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and they like they messaged me and they're like hey like we want you to be featured again um, in some like like some sort of like storytelling um, campaign about being like Chicanx, non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, like a week ago or two weeks ago, um, we recorded a, a video that should be coming out in June that, that's that's about that, like my kind of story. And cool. they, they've just been so supportive, you know, to, to have the full out like support and validation and just understanding of what goes into creating a youth space and yeah. just like, the dynamic relationships that are developed there uh, and sustained there. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, awesome. Well, great. You know, congratulations on that for you. you, and then also for uh, the center. I mean, that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like they're helping out with funding, right? <laughs> Which is yeah. so important, right? I mean, you can't make that space for youth and for artists without somebody, you know, helping to flip the bill. So. You know, yeah, that's, that's yeah. great that and, they want to do I mean, And Angie's been great, um, yeah. our director at MOCLA, with allowing me to do as I, I mean, not <laughs> to just do, do whatever I feel. No, There's no, definitely no, yeah. a lot of, like, planning and conversations that go into it, but, yeah. you know. But even, ha- like, having, you know, you doing the emo kids of color and having shows, right, that totally connects what's going on with the youth at MOCLA. Yeah, right? gives them and, a different venue and brings them out and gets them involved in the community. And, you know, I always, you know, see you like on first street and around, you know, with a group of kids with cameras yeah. walking around. Doing <laughs> so. And it's like, it's just, it, it's so cool. Just like what you're um, creating and making that space. So, yeah, I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. All righty. Well, so uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the clock says 59 
minutes, so we have to be done, Ruben. <laughs> yeah, there's actually no. one more thing. Yeah. Um, so there's a, a short film that I'm working on. Um, oh, it's cool. called Danny Boy, and it's my way of dealing with uh, the passing of my father. Hmm. Um, Was his name Danny or Daniel? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Just a... Daniel is like a, a, um, a sentimental name with me. Um, there was a song by Elton John called Daniel. Oh yeah. Um, my mom would like, they would come on and my mom, like me and my mom would talk about it. I have an uncle Daniel and uh, it, I don't know. It just, it's a very like deeply rooted <laughs> name to me. Yeah. Um, but the, the story is about uh, me and my dad and their passing and the, mm. the kind of time that was spent when we weren't in each other's lives. Mm. Um, and it, it is like surreal. It's re still really playful, but still trying to balance the the humor and and the, the sensitivities. Um, and that yeah. will be played um, at the IMAX theater at the Tech Museum in, in June. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, they they gave me an opportunity to like to produce this thing and to have a like a big, literally like huge thing. Yeah, that's a big screen. screen to, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to make this project for, and then I'll be able to take that project and like you know, see see where else I can submit yeah. it to afterwards. Um, awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so definitely have to. You know, in the show notes, we'll put all the links for that information and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Totally. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I saw you did a um, a book or a little zine or some drawings. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Good Good Fathers, I think it was called, and it had a bunch of like and yeah. di different kind of guys and their names on it. And then one of them was Danny Boy, <laughs> which is funny because in my family, there's tons of Dannys, Daniels, and then mm -hmm. you know my cousin, he's Danny Boy. Like you know, really? to this day, <laughs> you know, we still call him Danny Boy. So I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, it's like my family. We got. Dan, yeah. Danny Boy, Danny, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. cool. I'm looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, awesome. Thank you for your time. Thank you for what you're doing in the community for the youth. And, uh, you know, congratulations on um, the support that you're getting from those big corporate monsters mm -hmm. that help us <laughs> create the space for yeah. students to create. So thank you, Ruben. And I know I'll, I'll be seeing you around outside sometime at academic or <laughs> on yeah. first street totally. yeah. Thank thanks you. man talk to you there yeah. find out more about Ruben on instagram at casual giant also at emo kids of color and for the teen tech center go to maclaarte.org thank you for listening to the content magazine podcast Follow us on social media at Content Mag. Become a member and help us to continue to tell the stories of the South Bay's creatives. This episode's music is 408 by Jack Pavlina. Follow him on Spotify and also on his Instagram at Jack Pavlina Music. <laughs>